From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. Stockton. I love this town. Most miserable city? I don't think so. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton for August 26, 2013. I'm Matt Beckwith. And I'm Susan Spraker. Welcome back to our returning listeners. If this is your first time listening to Podcast Stockton, thanks for checking out the show. We'd love to hear your comments. Leave us a message at 565-3229 or send them to podcaststockton at gmail.com. Coming up on this episode, what have you been reading? Susan and I share what we've been reading. We talked to Dr. Darren Lee of Midtown Optometry. And did you happen to catch the CNN piece with Morgan Spurlock all about Stockton? We talk a little bit about our thoughts on that. talked about this before but you and I both have a major love of reading uh yeah and actually I I would say that that's how we met it was technically kind of randomly three degrees of separation through the through library related things that's correct but uh yeah I I I enjoy reading and um uh I know you do what do you what's uh what's been on your um uh, nightstand. Although I don't know if people keep books on nightstands anymore. But. I, you know, if you could see my nightstand, you would crack up. It's it's like a game of Jenga <laughs> on my nightstand, um, because I always just have a bunch of books going on, and I'm actually going through um, that thing sometimes where you just you can't really land on a book. You know, you've got a few things started, and you kind yeah. of bounce back and forth, and then I sometimes I'm someone who. Oh, I kind of feel like reading this today, or I kind of feel like reading something different tomorrow. So, so I, you're definitely not one of those people that starts one and then finishes it and then starts another one. That's my goal. I want, I generally want to be that person, <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> do it just that. doesn't work out like that. And I, I would say that I'm definitely not one of those people that starts a book and then feels absolutely compelled to finish it. Like if it's not grabbing my attention, it's not working dump for me. It. I dump it. Dump it. So what have you read lately? Um, the last book I read start to finish, uh, was actually a book called Z and it was about Zelda Fitzgerald, F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife, Zelda. Oh, I had Zelda. I have I would have never known that, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, the wife named Zelda. Yes. In fact, she was really, uh, a lot of the, the, you know, woman behind the man. I, w- I wouldn't <laughs> say the brains because obviously he's, you know, yeah, <laughs> quite smart as a writer. Um, but she was definitely, uh, you know, a bright star in her own right. Yeah. And uh, so it was interesting. I like a good biography every once in a while. What are you What are you reading? Um, 
I, you know, I'm with you. I, or I'm, I do the same thing. I, I can't. Um, I almost never in my entire life have I started a book and finished it before starting another one. Hmm. I tend to have a few going on. I have a, a little bit of a Jenga thing going on in my nightstand. Mm-hmm. Um, I love biographies. So I recently finished, uh, you know, because you're in the studio, you know how much of a Kiss fan I am. Uh, yeah, that is undeniable <laughs> in the <laughs> so studio. I finished uh, Ace Frehley's autobiography recently, No Regrets. Um, and then I just picked up a copy of Peter Chris's new autobiography. I picked it up at the library recently. Um, and I'm a, I'm not a big Peter Chris fan, but hey, he was a founding member of Kiss. Um, so I am reading that. But I, you know, talking about one that's not grabbing your attention. I started two books recently at the same time. One was Sugar, Fat, Salt, which is the history of uh, what um, sugar, fat, salt is in our diet. And it's it's everywhere. It's in everything we eat and the history of how it got into our food, especially the way that it did today. But also I started reading The Omnivore's Dilemma, um, which is a book by Michael Pollan, which is kind of food history more than it is food science. Um, although there's a little bit of food science. And... They're great companion books, but I finished um, The Omnivore's Dilemma really fast, and I'm still dragging on Sugar, Fat, Salt. And it's, I want to just dump it because it hasn't necessarily grabbed me, but um, I feel like I've, I have committed something to it, and I do want to get to the last part of the book, which is about the salt because I've already read Sugar or already read the fat part, but um, I, I do have to, I have to finish it. So now I'm saying I'm not accepting any new books. <laughs> You've made a rule for yourself. Until I have finished that. And I started the second book of the Lord of the Rings trilogy recently um, after having just finished the first one. That one will take me probably the rest of the year to read. So wow. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get any more books until I finish what's on my shelf. <laughs> now, have you been a lifelong um, reader? You know, someone, I mean, did you like reading as a kid or? I didn't like reading as a kid. Really? I, I mean, I remember reading a couple of books, but I always remember it being difficult to mm-hmm. read. And I didn't, I didn't find enjoying mostly because everybody my age was reading fiction or certain kinds of books, and I didn't. Um, I tried to read and didn't like them. And my teachers would say, "You got to read this book," and I wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. And then my mother got me into really reading, and she the first two books that I remember reading were um, "How to Win Friends and Influence People," the original version, and then "The Richest Man in Babylon." And I read those two, and I like, I realized I prefer nonfiction over fiction. And then shortly after that, read um, The Magic of Thinking Big, which I have probably read that book 20 times. I read it. I try to read it every year, year and a half. Really? But, Maybe um, I should borrow that from you. That one is, uh, I have the original one that I've still, well, not the original one I bought, but the original one that I bought or 20, 25 years ago. Um, but that's when I realized I, it was okay to not fall in love with fiction, then mm-hmm. I read a lot more. What about you? You've probably read your whole life. Uh, you know, I have. I mean, I was an only child. And so, I mean, books were really, you know, they were my, they were my friends, they were my confidants, they were, you know, everything to me. So, um, I mean, I read the Little House on the Prairie books as a kid, and I read them over and over and over and, you know, still even have a couple of mine, you know, that I've kind of hung around and kept, kept in my bookshelf. Um, And the library in particular was one of my favorite places to go. So my mother actually worked at KJOY, which was down in the old Hotel Stockton building. Right, where you could see people broadcasting. Yeah, where you could see people broadcasting in the window. And so um, she would drop me off at the Chavez Library um, and while she would go do a few things at the office. So I could poke around the Chavez Library, which was awesome. So I've always loved the Chavez Library and the library in general. And um, I remember when I was working there, I I would walk out 
you know, onto the floor when the library was closed and it would just have that smell. And I would think, I I can't believe I'm so lucky that I get to work here. Yeah. You know, I, I recently, I tried to, um, walk into a library. I, I, I'm not an expert in the Dewey Decimal System, but I know where, I know where biographies are. I know where the music section is. Mm -hmm. Um, I know where the history section is. Mm -hmm. And it's been it's probably been a decade since I or more than a decade since I walked into a library and just browsed and I tried that the other day and <laughs> realized the book I was looking for actually the Peter Chris book wasn't hadn't been shelved yet mm-hmm. um, although they had it it hadn't been put on the shelf so I was like oh, I'm back to my normal routine which is going online reserving the book and which is the greatest service in the world because Isn't then it? I just show up the next day and it's it's I take it off the shelf, and even right. though I love dealing with humans, I can just scan it, scan my library card, and get out. Yeah. But have I realized you, that I missed just hanging out in the library. I know the library is a cool place. And have you, um, have you ever used one of their? They have eBooks now. I, I, you've talked to me about that. I, I don't, I, and I've well, obviously I've heard about it before, mm-hmm. but I don't understand the concept. How does that? How does an eBook from the library work? Well, I had occasion to use it because I mean I have my own Kindle. So I never really thought about using eBooks from the library because I already have an e-reader myself. But um, I started reading a book actually with someone and then we kind of were going our separate ways and I wanted that book so that I could finish reading it. Well, they didn't have any more regular books at the library. So, but they had this particular book was on one of their e-readers. So I grabbed it for that reason and it was awesome because there's probably 15 bestsellers loaded onto this uh, it was a, a nook oh so you're borrowing the device you're borrowing the oh. device and it already has the books loaded on it and the one i got had probably five other books on there that i would have liked to read wow and and then it's you know it's an e-reader so you just carry your little e-reader around and it's just so convenient and awesome and yeah so do you read more physical books or do you read more electronic books i really i'm a physical book reader I yeah, really, because you know, sometimes I want to go back and I don't know, there's something about holding a book and flipping the pages and yeah, I do. I, I love do the have. convenience. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I have always said I have to have the physical medium mm-hmm. and I still do. I have, you know, I have, I've, there's a book usually in the family room here in the studio, a few in the, in the uh, bedroom, but I love when I started reading books on my iPad and iPhone, I love that because then I can read it anywhere. And if I'm, if I'm, you know, sitting in a waiting room for five minutes, I'll pull out the book. And I do love that. But when every time I go back to a paper medium, I realize that that is such, in the same reason I read the physical newspaper every morning, I just like that, that physical interaction. Um, I'm the same way with the paper. I know I can read it online, but yeah. I, I would rather you know, hold it in my hands and yep. turn the pages and yep. And even when I read the newspaper, if I'm forced to read it online, like if I left the house and didn't have a chance to read it on my way to work or before work, I pull up the physical paper edition online, not mm-hmm. just the, the click the articles, but I look at it cause I can, you know, visualize flipping it. But yeah, yeah that's uh, uh, and I guess that you can also uh, check out audio books oh, yeah. from the library. I haven't done that yet, but I'm, I'm looking at probably having to make some road trips here. My daughter's going to, school in San Diego oh, yeah. and so I think I'm gonna have to make that drive or I know I'll make that drive yeah. and uh, I, I've never been a big audiobook um, user either have you oh yeah I like audiobooks because um, you're on the road a lot I am on the road a lot I do uh, I do enjoy audiobooks in fact uh, one of my favorite authors Daniel Pink um, 
uh, every time I actually have read everything Daniel Pink has written. I've read an actual book, but also I've owned all the audiobooks because I think because he usually does the recording. Same with Marcus Buckingham. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote First Break All the Rules. And I've, I've read his book first, but then came across it a couple years later and got the audio version for a, a road trip and uh, fell in love with it because I think uh, he's done all of his own recordings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's interesting that you can also get um, audio books from the library as well. Lots of, lots of different sources. And it's one of those things that... And it's free. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, How cool is and that? And I tried, I don't, I mean, the thing that still gets me is I buy an ebook or an iBook for my iDevices. Yeah. And it costs almost the same as it does when I would go buy the physical copy. So I tend to borrow as many books from friends or from the library. Mm-hmm. I try to borrow more than I purchase because, you know, another thing that's disappointing about the ebook is if I buy a book and I love it mm-hmm. and somebody else says I'd like to borrow it, I can't do that. I can do it with a physical book. Mm-hmm. I mean, I borrowed The Omnivore's Dilemma from Missy because it was sitting on her um sitting on her bookshelf. I said, "Oh, I'm, I've been wanting to read that and I could just grab it and go." Yeah. You can't do that with an ebook. Yeah, we need to. They need to invent that technology to make that possible. Yeah, I think that's probably eminent. Um, you know, one other thing that uh, we're friends on Goodreads. Oh yeah, that's which right. is a cool you know social media site for book lovers, and um, I think that's pretty cool too. Yeah, and you know we've talked about not not giving uh, recommendations or things for restaurants or whatever movies, and I agree same thing with books. But I tell you, when I'm looking for the next three or four books I'm looking at, I go to Goodreads and I say, "What's this person reading? What's this person reading? What's this person reading?" And the people that are kind of in the same uh, genre um, uh, of reading as I am. So uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Goodreads, and I like the convenience of kind of just being able to store information there. You know, I can I can store the books that I'm I to read. Yeah, you know, instead of I, I was someone who had you know ten pieces of scraps of paper in my wallet, where it's like if I would come across a book I wanted to read, I'd write it down and stick it in my wallet. And uh, with Goodreads, it's just more convenient to, you know, log books that I want to read later. Yeah, and I like yeah, like you said, I like being able to see what my friends are reading or looking at, and it's just a it just opens it's a whole bigger yeah. world. And then not to mention from the iPhone, open up Goodreads scan the uh, the ISBN code in the back of the book and it pops in your thing. Boom. You don't have to type it or anything. So mm-hmm. that's a great uh, that, that that's a great service. So we um, uh, both of us um, enjoy reading and enjoy our libraries. We hope that uh, our listeners, if you haven't, if it's been a while since you've checked out our libraries, there's tons of stuff going on to libraries. You can get audiobooks, you can get ebooks. They have children's story times. They have all kinds of programs. And cool events. Yeah, um, cool great events, events and programs. I just was on there today checking it out, and I'm, you know, pleasantly surprised in, at uh, what kinds of great variety of programs that they have going on there. Yeah, and there's um, events, you know, speaker events at, um, at Chavez um, once a month uh, on Monday evenings. We'll put links, obviously, in the show notes to all those places. But there's library. Um, there's lots of libraries in our community. Um, go to ssjcpl.org. Um, if you can't remember the acronym, it stands for Stockton San Joaquin County Public Library. ssjcpl.org. Um, you can get the hours and locations and find, uh, fall back in love, I should say, with your local library. That's just the way that it goes in the 209.
joined in the Outback Studios today again by Dr. Darren Lee. Darren, thanks for coming on Podcast Stockton. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, so it was uh, a little over three years ago that we first talked. Um, back then, I think you were just an optometrist. You are a lot more than an optometrist t- uh, today. But let's uh, let's first start by um, talking about your 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 optometry business. As uh, you said recently, you fix broken eyeballs here in town. Yeah. So tell me about uh, tell me about your uh, your practice. Yeah. So Midtown Optometry here in town. Um, you know, this is our sixth year actually being here and uh, we've actually metamorphosized the practice from from the first day to now and and uh, we're just focusing on patient care and making sure uh, everybody has some great great looking eyeballs so um, the last time you were on the show we talked a little bit about why it's important for everybody to get an eye exam and um, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that three years has gone by that kind of stuff is still important tell me about that of course of course well it just so happens that August is Children's Learning and Vision Month, and so a lot of parents don't understand the importance of their first eye exam for kids begins at six months of age, and um, yeah, and so you know we really want to focus on eye health, and uh, not only that, a lot of our kids that we see, um, they have a lot of learning-related vision problems that are that's undetected from typical pediatrician visits or school screenings. So uh, six months, I, I flinch every, every time you tell me that uh-huh. because. I think I was probably 16 by the time I had my first eye exam, but right. I always think of uh, going to the eye doctor as just somebody that can tell you if you can see far enough. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there's more involved. You talk about eye health, right? And I always think of just reading an eye chart. What's what's the difference there? Well, you know what? That's that's uh, the beauty of what we do is that you know, 80% of learning is through the eyeballs and through vision. Okay, and so we have kids who are struggling in school and reading and math and you not doing too well in sports either, and you, they usually have a, a functional vision problem that needs to be taken care of. But in terms of a six-month-old uh, first eye exam, um, you know, we've actually seen kids who have congenital retinal diseases. Uh, one of them that we've seen, uh, Little Miles, uh, we saw him when he was only two months old, and uh, it turned out that he had a, a congenital retinal tumor called retinoblastoma that's fatal if it goes undetected. Oh. So. Yeah, it was amazing that we have actually we had to take care of them, and it was Friday the thirteenth of all days, five thirty, and I got a call from my office to say, hey, you know, we have a young parent here, and they have a brand new baby boy, and they saw uh, pictures um, where one of the eyes, you know, you get the red eye reflex in pictures. Mm-hmm. Well, that's normal. Well, one of the eyes was white, and mom and dad thought that was kind of strange, so they brought him in, and we unfortunately diagnosed that he has retinoblastoma, and we had to get him over to get care. And um, well, fast forward four years later. You know, he's alive and kicking, and he's a real charismatic little boy, and um, yeah, it's great. We really take care of him. Wow. Well, you, uh, you, you always seem to, uh, to light up when you talk about success stories, but just in, in, in eye health in general. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what, what got you into um, wanting to be an eye doctor? My wife. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my wife. The Leanne. other doctor. Yeah, the other doctor. Lee. Yeah, she basically was. It's kind of funny. We were at UC Davis, um, and uh, you know, we I've actually doubled up in terms of doing you know the whole science route and computer science route, and the whole dot com boom was going on at the time. And I was like, great, you know, you can go to Berkeley, and and I could be in the Silicon Valley collecting you know stock options, whatever it may be. And she goes, uh, uh-uh, I'm going to New York. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on here. What's in New York? And he says, optometry school. You coming? And, you know, lo and behold, it was it was it. And I, I, I had to go with her. So I listen to her every single time I do something. 
and uh, you know it's been 21 great years with her and and um, you know ever since junior year of high school too so she's been my partner in crime and you know I won't won't be able to do anything without her so I wow. really appreciate her for doing so, everything so from high school sweethearts and yes. you followed her changed your major change your direction yes and now you are doctors Lee so yes um and uh, last time we talked to you um, she was running the Manteca uh, office you were running Stockton is yep. that is that still um... that's still there um, however we're, we're, we actually expanded um, our services we actually um, you know expanded our vision development center in Manteca uh, where we actually help out all the kids who are having or struggling with academic problems related to the learning related vision problems mm-hmm. and also too what's really really neat is um, you know we've actually learned from the best leaders in our industry uh, Dr. Robert Sanit and Dr. Nancy Torgerson, they're like the Jedi masters of what we do. Mm-hmm. And we downloaded their brains into our brains and bringing back their expertise, um, you know, into our, our community as well. So it's really exciting stuff. Oh, one more thing, too. We brought in uh, Dr. T. Mim. Uh, she's our new associate doctor there. And she is great because she brings uh, what is called uh, orthokeratology, where we actually do corneal reshaping. Uh, that doesn't involve laser surgery. So we can actually cr- uh, correct nearsightedness uh, utilizing contact lenses, and that's oh, her wow. specialty. And she also speaks uh, fluent Cambodian as well. Okay, well, that's good for uh, uh, in, in our community. Yes. Um, so it's, it's uh, you know, always, um, you know, every time I think of, um, uh, not I, I keep saying eye health, but things related to the eye, I mm-hmm. think everything practically that I've learned, I've learned from you. Right. Do you, do you find that it still is a, uh, that there are still people out there that have misconceptions about yes. vision and eye health and things like that. And yeah. how do you, how do you yeah. get beyond that? Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because we do uh, do a full retinal health evaluation where we um, you know, evaluate patients who are diabetic, uh, who have high blood pressure, who have cholesterol problems, any medical conditions too, um, because we can actually see ocular manifestations of those systemic diseases within the eye. Um, you know, diabetes, which is really rampant in the whole entire nation, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a preventative disease too. So we actually monitor it. You know, if it's a mild, moderate, or severe form of diabetes, we can see the progression within the retinal health um, because there's extensive bleeding that can happen. And that's what happens with diabetes within the eye and actually with all the whole entire bodily tissue. Um, high blood pressure, same deal. Cholesterol too. They could lead to strokes as well. Mm-hmm. So if we actually see cholesterol plaques within the retinal blood vessels, we would actually indicate that they go see uh, their primary care doctor, get a carotid artery, you know, uh, imaging study done to see mm. if their our carotid arteries are actually, um, you know, getting getting pretty stenosed. So, wow, yeah, there's, there's a lot there that uh, I, I never think of when I just think of <laughs> of the eyeballs. So. Right. Well, so uh, in addition to being a local optometrist, you always have lots of other stuff going on, and um, you know, to follow you on uh, on social media, it's um. It, it, it's always great to see all the other things that you're involved in. So, uh, you know, let's talk about the the white gold rush. What's right. that all about? Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really fun project. You know, I've always been involved with the St. Mary's Dining Room ever since my days at Leadership Stockton. You know, class of 1993. I want to say what's up to my, my classmates <laughs> and alumni. You know, Exodi Row and the whole crew there. Um, but in any case, um, St. Mary's offers so many great services for the community, um, for people that need the help that otherwise can't get the help anywhere else. Uh, they have a full-blown health healthcare center where they have pharmacy, medical, um, optometry, um, mm-hmm. you know, dental as well. It's all volunteer-based. Um, they have a um, hygiene center where they have clothing exchange for men, women, and kids. Um, they get showers, you know, um, um, haircuts, mm-hmm. and everything too. But what's really neat is that they feed 
seven to 800 people every single day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and it's all volunteer-based. And so when I went there the other day, um, there was these bins in the hygiene center, and it was empty. And it was where uh, socks, clean, new, white socks, and undergarments would go. Mm-hmm. But there was always a shortage of them. And Edward Figueroa, the CEO, basically says, yeah, Doc, you know, it's so rare and so valuable for these items. You know, we get donated clothes all the time, but no one really thinks about something simple, a clean pair of new, white socks yeah. and undergarments. So I told him, I said, hey, look, let's go and start the white gold rush. And I called up my buddy, Arwen Theodore, who has a great YouTube channel. Um, and he helped me out. I gave Arwen a call and he, he was there within, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And we shot it right there, edited it, put it on YouTube. And then one month later, uh, we had our 105 bags of white gold being donated, which is phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. So you're going out to the community and you're asking yes. for donations for new um uh, undergarments and socks and it seems yep. like you're right it's something that we don't think about it's right. something that it's a it's a it's a staple for us yeah and it's it goes um it goes completely off radar but, right uh, right exactly so you know what's really neat is that lucas and amanda king on kwin they brought me into the studio with edward figueroa and uh, we created a challenge and matter of fact we probably want to reach out to them again especially now that school started back up to have a challenge between all the local schools in the area to start their own white gold rush and so all they have to do is get their bag of white gold, Instagram it, hashtag white gold rush, and uh, it, it's going to be magical. And just bring it to my office, Midtown Optometry in Stockton, or, or the Manteca office, right across the street, the Manteca Post office, and uh, we'll deliver it right to St. Mary's, or they have the trucks come out here too. So, you know, I actually got all trunk full of my car right now. I got to go tomorrow and drop it off. Nice. <laughs> nice. Very good. Well, uh, as if that wasn't enough, you also recently started the Comeback Scholarship. Yes. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, so, you know, those of you guys that know me, I'm a hometown kid here in town, and, you know, it just, uh, I'm loyal to the soil, as they say, from my buddy Sam, <laughs> uh, Sam Font, you know, um, he's over the Manteca Unified School District and a uh, football coach at uh, Bear Creek, but uh, loyal to the soil, and that's what I'm all about. And um, what's really cool is I wanted some way to inspire high school kids to graduate from high school because that's a big problem, especially in Stock Unified School District too. Um, but the way the Comeback Scholarship works is that it's to inspire high school kids to get a degree or get some expertise in trade school or whatever it may be, but bring their expertise back home, back home to Stockton. Not to get a nine to five gig because you know local economy is kind of shaky, but to actually bring it back and start their own career, start their own business, mm-hmm. let the entrepreneurial spirit go. And that's exactly what I did. There was no opportunity for me to come back I had to create Midtown from the ground up. I had to create Manteca from the ground up. And so if we provide a fill, see a need and fill it, that's that's all what it's all about. So hopefully the Comeback Scholarship would be able to, you know, inspire some of the kids to do that. So are you awarding scholarships to local high school students that are going off to college? And what's what's that process? What is that? How does yeah, that work? you know, as long as they would, you know, have every intention to come back home after they get their degree. That's okay. what will qualify them. And what's really neat is that the selection committee from each high school uh, would be consisted of alumni from these high schools to select the recipient every single year. Hmm. And so there's actually four ways that we're going to be. Um, initially, there's only three, but you know, a colleague of mine gave me the fourth. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. But the three ways that we're actually funding the, the, the comeback scholarship is through my offices. We have annual growth goals, so by our community supporting Midtown and Antique Optometry by referring their friends and family and, and get their broken eyeballs fixed out of our offices, when we reach our goal, anything in excess of that, our annual growth goal, a percentage of that will go to the general fund. 
and be distributed amongst all the high schools that participate. Second, we'll create a 5013C where people who want a taxable deduction of some sort can do a, a charitable donation. Third is really neat. Um, you know, Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, uh, came to Stockton at the uh, at Valley Brew, which was a great, great event. And you were there too, Matt, along with a couple other uh, uh, podcast Stockton guys. And um, he was there to talk about the square, the square.com, how he created it and how he created Twitter. And it was just so inspiring too. And we're utilizing the square readers to um, track transactions for the third funding source, which is every school, every high school will be set up with an iPad mini raffle program. And the way we trans we keep the transactions of the raffle tickets intact and tracked is using the square readers. We link up the square readers to uh, the, the school's checking account, whatever checking account they want to allocate. And then every time 30 raffle tickets are sold at $20 a piece, an iPad mini will be raffled off. Hmm. And net proceeds will be $200 every time an iPad's raffled off. No out-of-pocket expense for the schools, obviously fronted. And so we just keep on going. So they've raffled 10 iPads. That's 2000 for the Comeback Scholarship, and that's basically it. So that was the third way. So when I presented the, the Comeback Scholarship to my Rotary Stockton, Terry Hole, the past president of the Rotary, told me about the fourth source, and he presented me an option opportunity uh, with Ambit Energy, which is has been fantastic. So as a matter of fact, what it does, it utilizes the uh, deregulation of energy industry and saves people in our entire, whole entire community on their PG&E bill. Nothing changes on the PG&E bill at all. They just be at a, a lower rate on their uh, PG&E statement. And, and as a matter of fact, they have a great referral program, but just by referring people to the program, they basically, well, we, or myself, will get paid doing that. Hmm. And so the revenues that I generate from the Ambit Energy Venture goes towards the Comeback Scholarship. As a matter of fact, Ambit Energy bankrolled the first uh, scholarship distribution at Cesar Chavez High School, five hundred dollars mm. in the first two months of me being involved with the company. Wow! And we're growing, and we're growing, and we're, and I'm hard expansion team, the leadership team, and I'm just pumped. We just help people out, and you know that's what what it's all about too. Yeah. So you, you know you you just you've been all over Facebook and, and yeah. social media talking about uh, uh, all the great stuff going on over at uh, on your Ambit Energy venture, mm-hmm. uh, and you said you know it's a you can refer people and earn money. Mm-hmm. Do you have to refer people to be part of the team, or are you are you recruiting people just to be customers? Tell me. Yeah, about you that. know what, people could be customers. Um, they could save money by being customers, and there's no no fee at all. There's free. There's no contract. There's no catch or anything like that. What's really neat is that um, when like say for example you join as a customer and you had no interest in the business side of things as a consultant. Um, you know, you basically will get a, as a welcome gift, a three day, two night hotel package at like 60 different locations nationwide. I think the almost local ones is South Lake Tahoe and Vegas hmm. on, oh, on, darn. oh yeah. Oh darn. Right. <laughs> For free. There's no, nothing at all. And then, you know, you probably know 15 people that like to save on their PG&E bill. And all you have to do is tell them about it. They sign up and they take an, uh, Ambit Energy will take f- the, uh, average of all those 15 referrals and offset your PG&E bill. So in essence, you can actually get free energy just by ref- telling people about mm. Ambient Energy, which is really cool. But people can actually make money too by being a consultant, by sharing the opportunity with other people, and you know, and save money too by being their own first customer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's really neat there too. So yeah. Good. So you're using uh, all of those uh, funding sources as you said to um, to fund the the uh, comeback scholarship. Yes. What um you know what what else is what else is cooking in uh, in, in Dr. Lee's brain? What's what's on the horizon? You, oh, you wow. seem to have 
new things going on and uh, new new things you want to um, throw your name behind? You know what? What's on the horizon? The horizon. That's that's a really good question. You know, um, be a great dad. You know, I have I have two great kids. You know, Logan and Logan, my my clone. He looks exactly <laughs> like me. I mean, he doesn't need an ID card. You know, if I lose him somewhere, just hey, you see a little kid that looks like me. You know, and my <laughs> and daughter, daughter. Yeah, my daughter Chloe. Uh, yeah. She's she's a sweetheart and. My main goal, too, is that Ambit Energy is going to free up my time to spend time with my kids. And so I want to basically give new doctors also, too, um, a platform for them to showcase their expertise and skill in my offices. And that was my main goal for owning my own business is to actually let new kids on the block you know, showcase their skills. Because Dr. Mim, for example, she knows way more than I do. And she's, she's great. You know, she's a great, great doctor and very passionate about taking care of people, too. And by me finding other sources to take care of my lifestyle with my family and spend time with them without having to, you know, work nine to five, that's the ultimate dream right there. So, um, and I want to help other people achieve that too. And so with Stockton, you know, we're down and out. Yeah, we filed bankruptcy. Yeah, you know, we have, you know, issues and everything too, but every city does. Right. You know, and and for me, I'm really sick and tired of of the general public nationwide talking stuff about my hometown <laughs> so so now it's like okay i could tell you this is that the nation has their eyes on stockton right now with the ambit energy venture and all the national leaders has stockton on the map we're part of the fastest growing team in all of california oh wow and i'm part of it and so i'm taking people you know giving them opportunity to take it to the next level but also too is that don't get me wrong i'm still an optometrist i'm still an eye doctor i still yeah. fix broken eyeballs <laughs> But I happen to be an entrepreneur that also happens to be an optometrist. Yeah. And so people always ask me, Doc, aren't you, why are you doing this, Doc? And I was like, you know what? It helps people. Mm-hmm. That's all what it's all about. And when you realize that, you know, it's opportunities there for everyone. Yeah. So an optometrist that's an entrepreneur with uh, two young children. Yep. You have a busy life. Yes. Uh, and, and you, you have hobbies we were talking about before we were comparing lenses um, <laughs> yeah. to our, to our cameras. <laughs> Thankfully we both shoot Canon so we can, uh, we can, we can swap, we can swap glass. Yes. Anytime. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what, what else are you into? What do you like doing when you're not, when you're not helping people save on their energy bill or, um, uh, raising funds for a scholarship or supplying clean socks and undergarments to St. Mary's and being a, an eye doctor when you're not, when you don't do all that stuff. What do you like doing in, uh, in Stockton? You know what? In Stockton, I love the Delta. You know, I love being on the water with my family. And so wakeboarding, tubing, <laughs> fish, whatever, you know, anything that's outdoors is, is I'm game for. And I can't wait for the winter season to come because snowboard I'm, time. oh yeah, snowboarding time. <laughs> and, um, you know, I have, I have a, a, a new snowboard for, for Logan is his first time going to learn. <laughs> it's awesome. Wait, too. wait, wait. Yeah. Now remind me how old is Logan? Oh, uh, he's three. Uh, he just turned three in May. <laughs> and you're talking about snowboarding. Oh yeah. Him? Oh yeah. Well, he's going to start early. And how does your wife feel about this? I'm not too sure yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's real cool the snowboard okay the snowboard's a burton snowboard's a chopper uh, snowboard from okay. burton but it's a star wars limited edition oh wow it has a stormtrooper on the front deck <laughs> and the burton <laughs> logo is actually in the star wars font oh no nice. the kicker though get this the kicker is the helmet uh, r2d2 oh you're kidding me awesome oh uh, epic I, I still remember the picture you posted uh your your daughter had, wasn't yet born um so it was some time ago 
But a picture of your uh, son Logan in the Yoda yes outfit. That's my that, favorite picture. That's a classic picture. Did you see my stormtrooper one? Uh, I I will have to look at that one because I have not seen the I have not seen that one. <laughs> it was a legit stormtrooper it's, but costume. It's, but good for you for raising your kids to be geeks. That's, that's <laughs> all I can say. Hey, I'm a geek too, so okay, it's geeks, okay. Geeks, geeks will 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 and do rule the world. So <laughs> good. All right. Well, um, what else? What else is going on in, in your world that we should know about? You know what? Just I love to help people. And that's it. So if anybody needs anything from me, I'm always willing to help anytime. All right. Well, there's lots of different places that uh, people can find out about all the things going on um, in uh, in the world of Dr. Lee. So point our listeners to a few places where they can uh, learn about uh, Midtown Optometry, Ambit Energy, and all the other stuff you have going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, where, can they, where can they go? Oh, online? where can they go? I'm sorry. They can go to uh, MidtownOptometry.com. Manticaptometry.com. Like us on Facebook. Check us out on Yelp. Um, Ambit Energy. The website is energysource.biz. That's B-I-Z. And, um, yeah, you could always get me on my cell phone, too. 209-986-1880. And if you call that number, a big eyeball will show up in the sky. I come in a cape, and I roll my eyemobile, too, and I'll, I'll come and help you guys out. <laughs> nice. Well, we will put links in the show notes to uh, all of the links that, uh, that you talked about. Uh, Darren, thanks again for coming into the studio and uh, joining us on Podcast Stockton. Hey, thanks for having me tonight. Susan, did you get a chance to watch the recent uh, CNN show Inside Man? It's the Morgan Spurlock series uh, titled Bankruptcy, all about the city of Stockton. I did not, Matt, and only because um, I did miss it, but then I caught wind that there was such a show on Facebook, and so I tried to go back uh, and watch it because I was really interested, but um, I haven't been successful yet in getting that on my DVR. You remember Morgan Spurlock's the guy that did the... Um, Super Size Me. Did you ever see that thirty-day uh, mini that miniseries, th- the documentary where he ate nothing but McDonald's for yes, thirty days? Yes, that's pretty grotesque. It is gross. Um, he's a great. Re- I think he's a great reporter. But um, and yeah, I think all social media was a buzz or a Twitter um, the night that 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 aired. I know Finnegan's uh, um, pub had a a watch party because they filmed some. See, party that would have been cool. How come I didn't hear about that? Oh man. That's, uh, that's Were you that. there? Did you no, go to that? No, I oh. didn't. As much as I wanted to, I did not get a chance to get there. That would have been awesome. Um, so I, I won't ask you, or, or maybe you still have an opinion based on what you've heard, but there's a couple of clips out there on the internet, um, and, and I will just say that that it it wasn't terrible, but it certainly wasn't uh, wasn't. I didn't think it was groundbreaking reporting. It's one of those one another one of those things that. Highlights only the negative stuff in Stockton. The stuff that they covered at Finnegan's was great. Um, they interviewed Tony, the uh, the owner, and they talked about you know how you know they have a 
a very strict dress code, and they have a so, uh, um, social media policy that's gotten news all over the world. But um, that was probably the one shining star of that whole thing was the coverage of Finnegan's Bar, but it was just a lot of the same stuff we've heard before. Yeah, the um, only clip I saw, I did catch a clip of it on uh, CNN's website, and it was about the... Um, uh, foreclosure yeah oh. the foreclosure and Weston Ranch and and you know that whole thing yeah and you know I, I guess I, I guess my thought is that you know I've um, I mean I've been to Weston Ranch I've had friends that have lived in Weston Ranch um, I've seen the number of homes that are that are uh, being foreclosed and that are empty but the city of Stockton is not told by the community of Weston Ranch nor so is the community of Western Ranch told by the perspective of just a couple of people. And I think that was that was the only thing where I left it thinking, okay, this is just, it's more, you know, it's CNN. It's, a, it's, it's national media, and they're going to tell a story about Stockton. And there's so many, again, <laughs> I was like, I'm preaching to the choir. There's so many stories that even come out of the um, bankruptcy um, story that, that weren't aired and, or that weren't told. And I think that was the one the one thing that left me feeling a little empty about the uh, about the piece. Right. I mean, it's one thing to tell that story. I mean, it is what it is. You know, we're not going to be able to cover it up, um, nor should we. I mean, um, but what would be nice in those types of pieces is if they would then show the flip side in that there is recovery. You know, we're recovering. People are recovering. Yes, there are neighborhoods uh, like Weston Ranch that have been hit hard by foreclosure. Um, but there, that's in almost every neighborhood in Stockton now. And at the same time, there's recovery and yeah. so maybe we could see a little bit of of that side of it as well yeah you know the the thing the clip that uh, i think i heard the most um discussion about online and also in 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 the real world was the clips around the guardian angels there was a, a clip and i'll we'll put a clip in the show notes because there is one available for that part i saw that clip too yeah where he dresses you know he goes out with the guardian angels he's dressed as a guardian angel and that's that piece is a little misleading and i've been in stockton um uh, since 1977, with the exception of just a couple of years, I've been here since 1977. I have never seen Guardian Angels. They provide a valuable service. I think they're amazing at the work that they do. But when CNN puts them on a piece and says, this is what the city of Stockton looks like with these. Like they're patrolling yes, all of the streets. people walking the streets. I've never seen it. And, and you I've can never say, have either. You can say, well, Matt, you're, you know, the side of town you're in, you'll never see them. Well, I go to other parts of town. And I'm not saying that there are people that have seen them, but I'm just saying, there are other parts of the city and there are parts of the city that may need that, that, that the, um, guardian the need is greater. Yeah. That, that, that aren't there all the time. And I'd I just like think to see them in my neighborhood. Well, I think, you know, and every neighborhood has, you know, our na- the neighborhood that I live in, there's a couple of people that are, that have lots of security cameras. And every time somebody does anything strange near a house, they they send YouTube video links out to everybody in the neighborhood. I mean, everybody has, different methods of, of getting the word out and patrolling their own neighborhoods and to say that you know to show that the garden angel piece at least left me with a feeling that that's the only that's the only way you can be safe in the city and I just I, I don't agree with yeah that. that that perception um, in the national media gets tiresome I mean I'm I, I just think it does I mean it it if they would provide a more uh, well-rounded look at what's really going on around here I mean I'm cool with that but um, that doesn't yeah. really seem to happen all that often. Yeah, you know, I will say this, though. The one thing that surprised me was there's a lot of comments online that I saw the night that it aired just about the cinematography 
and the the visual side um, of the piece. It was shot very well. There was, I mean, you're going to look at foreclosed homes and you're going to look at some not so pretty parts of town, but there was some great um, um, photographs and some great video footage if you're going to watch it on mute. I guess that's what somebody said online. It's a great piece if you watch it on mute. Um, but yeah, and I don't know if they're airing it again. I've, we've looked, both you and I have looked to see if they're airing it online or if there's a second part to it, but it doesn't look like that there is. I hope so. I, w I would like to see it in its entirety. Yeah, well, um, again, I we've said it before. National media comes in, um, plops in on the town. They tell a very, very narrow story. Again, I think the, the piece from Finnegan's was perfect. I think that was the greatest thing. I think if they do another airing, uh, we should definitely connect and, and watch it. Yeah. Uh, watch it at Tony's Bar. That's a, that, that's a great piece of the story. I uh, just, I, you know, I, I would urge my fellow Stocktonians to not let that kind of stuff hurt your pride, you know. It's yeah, a good definitely. place to be. Yep. And if you have, you watched it or you have an opinion that uh, differs from ours, or you have an opinion that's the same of ours, we'd love to hear your feedback. Give us a call on our listener on the line at 565-3229 or send us your comments to podcaststockton at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the show. We'd love to hear your feedback. Call us or text us on our listener line at 565-3229 or send us an email at podcaststockton at gmail.com. The music on today's episode was 209 Party by The Mondays. Find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Mondays. That's T-H-E-M-U-N-D-A-Z-E. And thanks to them for letting us play their music on our show. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, username Podcast Stockton. And for links to all of the things we talked about on today's show, be sure to check out PodcastStockton.com. Until next time, make it great, Stockton. We're keeping the party alive.